No, go ahead, talk. <laughs> Say, you're listening to the Word Bros Podcast. No. Do it. No. Do it. <laughs> Say, you're listening to the Word Bros Podcast. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> you're listening to the Word Bros Podcast. TheWordBros.com. Welcome to another fabulous edition of Word Bros, where we have the man who's bringing you all the beef in your comics, with 60% more beef in this comic than was in the last comic, Aubrey, the Butcher Citizen. It's very impressive, man. He is a prolific dude. He's got books all over the place. He's got the worst dudes that just came out in trade over at Dark Horse. Savage Hearts is just finishing up. He's also got no one left to fight to at Dark Horse right now. Stone Master came out last year, and now he's promoting Beef Bros Behind Bars, which is the sequel to the smash, smash hit Kickstarter campaign, uh, Beef Bros, which, again, is a very good book. It's a leftist superhero tale that Aubrey is uh, is doing over there on Kickstarter. And uh, without any further ado, let's get to the good stuff. The meaty interview. Uh, the best part about all this is we have Aubrey Citizen on today. We were text messaging back and forth earlier. He was like, look, I can't stay on long. I got dinner plans. We've been talking for 45 minutes before we hit record. We are I knew so I needed. I knew I needed the lubrication period, man. Uh, yes. Just to get all, get all greased up and ready you, to go. You, you, you got to get, you got to get your muscles all like shiny for the spotlight. My muscles yeah. are always shiny. Tell you us. Can't tell because this is a podcast. But <laughs> I'm, be, all, I... I'm just oily. <laughs> And just well greased, like a Asian like wrestler. Warrior in I, like I really want to hear about this this workout that you do with the the axe thing. Oh, what is that no, like? It's, uh, it's, a, it's a mace. It's a mace. Tell it's me mace. about this mace workout thing that you do. Like, I would love to hear more about your Ugh. fitness regimen. I don't know why, but you well, always you talk about it. Yeah, I'm so happy you asked. Okay, let's I, hear. It. <laughs> yes, I, I got real into. Um, working so i i had been in the process of getting real work into working out prior to the pandemic but during the pandemic i got really into like monitoring my macros and like and like doing like real specific type of working out um because it just it was a it was a good healthy thing for me to be focusing just to be obsessing about mm-hmm. um and it's been a really great outlet for all of my um excess energy because <laughs> it's got it because it's gotta go somewhere um so i you know it's like an old wrestler thing like you can watch old um like iron chic videos of him with the club um and they're called different things right the persian club or like the indian gada and it's the same thing it's it's a handle and then something really heavy and weighted at the other end so you have to fight with the leverage right so the leverage is working against you and you also have to develop um what's called like rotational strength right like so like to to basically to stabilize all of these parts of your shoulder and your elbow and your wrist in order to to power around this thing right and um it's also really great for core stuff too right and it's this ancient exercise technique that like all the old indian wrestlers used to do and like persian wrestlers as well um and like like 
actual like um not like pro wrestling yeah, yeah like actual like greco-roman yeah, style yeah. olympic wrestling um, yeah 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 and um and so then it became a pro wrestling thing too but like it's an you know it's it's a thing and when the pandemic kicked off uh, you know i couldn't go to the gym and i needed stuff to do at home and i had always liked the idea of doing this like wacky <laughs> old wrestler exercise uh <laughs> And so I got one and it was like, it's a, my first one was like 15 pounds, right? Okay. So it's like this big ball, this big metal ball at the end of this long metal rod. <laughs> and it looks insane. It looks like, it looks like a weapon, right? Because uh, it's a mace, you know? And you do, exercise, you do different things with it. And like the signature one is the mace swing, right? Where like you like swing it around, like you're, I'm doing it. Only these guys can see, I don't know, Google, you got a, you got a phone, Google, Google mace. <laughs> Yeah, get off fucking Twitter and Google. Mace swing. swing. Pay attention. Pay attention and get some visual aids. Google Mace swings and watch it. Um, But yeah, man. And so I started doing, I started using that in something that I was already doing, which are, they're called Tabatas. Um, And it's a type of, it's a type of high intensity interval training. Um, But it's very specific. Um, You, you do one exercise and it's usually something that is, you can do like a lot of, uh-huh. quickly right and so it can it can be weighted you know or a lot of times people just do body weight stuff right jump rope is one of my favorite things to do with it and you jump rope for 20 seconds as fast as you can and then you stop for 10 seconds and then you do that a total of eight times and then you and then you break for a minute you rest for a full minute and then you do another one and you can alternate up exercises and you do eight of those takes about 40 minutes wow just 20 seconds 10 seconds 20 seconds 10 seconds eight times a minute break and then repeat um and it is the best way the most efficient way to burn fat (laughs) (laughs) and if you do and if you do it and if you do it with some weights and you're doing stuff you know like you can do push-ups right um i'll do push-ups with it you know like you can do um squats and lunges and burpees and mountain climbers and like all these, you know, ab stuff, any of these exercises and you, you know, you, you break it out and you, you can choose eight different ones. And then that's your 40 minutes. Um, and it is the most efficient way <laughs> to kind of like maintain muscle and burn fat. Um, and that's what I had read and figured out. And so then I just started doing it with the mace. And so like, I'll alternate, I'll do like a mace one. I'll do like a mace day and I'll do like a kettlebell day. And right now I'm in the midst of my jump rope week. Okay. Cause I have like, I have okay. like the schedule worked out um, for a maximum efficient fixed fitness. Now, where uh, do you work? Where do you work out with your mace? Like, there's a you- field across the street from me. And sometimes coyotes come by. I've seen the pictures of the coyotes. <laughs> now, sometimes those guys are very interested in what I'm getting up to out there. Now, now is this like an isolated kind of desolate field? Or are there people around like Ooh. seeing you swing a fucking mace, people. like a crazy person? Like, dude, there's, there are people, um, some, a beef, a beefer, a beef bros backer <laughs> he backed beef bros and he backed stone master uh and i see him at my uh my local comic shop collector's paradise uh, his name is trey jackson uh he lives in my neighborhood and he um and we were talking one time uh and he was like he was like oh yeah man i think i saw you the other day i was like oh really was i walking my dog he was like no i was like was i working out shirtless in that feed <laughs> he's, he's like yeah that's what you were t- 
<laughs> so, what I love doing. about this is how how you're like the Billy Blanks of of like <laughs> of, of mace wielding. There's nothing really there's nothing dangerous about it. There's nothing there's nothing formidable or there's there's no combat element to what I Unless say that, but I bet a weapon. Then but you're, I bet you're a formidable yeah, threat. If you crack somebody in the head with that thing, you would fuck them up pretty good. You're you are correct. But imagine, <laughs> imagine, imagine you're you're trying to fight off an attacker with a sledgehammer. Uh-huh. Right? Like I've seen Triple H do it. I can't <laughs> anything that guy could do. Uh yeah, man. If you hit somebody with it, it would be a problem. But like it's it's not uh I don't know. It's the it's the boss who has like the giant great sword that like does a lot of damage, but it's like way too slow. Yeah, so it's yeah, easy yeah. to dodge, right? Interesting. I love because yeah, I've, I've been fascinated by your workout regimen because I'd see you posting it on Twitter. I was like, dude, when we ever have him on the podcast, that's gonna be the first thing I'm gonna ask about. So I, I I'm love chatting got... about it, and it's, I, it's, I can no, tell. I'm thrilled you did, and you know who else is thrilled that you asked me about it? My wife, because she it's the last <laughs> thing she wants to hear. About. <laughs> she is over hearing about what tweaks I've made. So the latest change, fellas. Previously, I was I was doing eight. I was doing eight different exercises. I was doing it four days a week. So first of all, I cut that down because, you know, how but, ripped do you need to be? <laughs> you know what? You know? Also, I just hurt all the time. <laughs> I didn't feel good. Uh, I was in very good shape, and I felt bad all the time. And so I, I stopped. I, I cut down to just three. It I look great, but don't touch me. Like, don't <laughs> come anywhere near me. <laughs> you don't want this I eat a of, oil, the body oil a stressful on amount of food, too, um, just because it burns so many calories, right? And I like eating a lot of food, but, like, I um, – that you know i was counting my macros and so that got complicated and so like because you can only have like a limited like the amount of carbs you have goes up proportionately Ah. um with the amount of calories you're eating but like the amount of fat you want to have needs to stay at a steady level that means like the more calories you need to you need to eat you have to eat proportionately less fat so it becomes more and more it becomes difficult honestly if you're trying to watch your macros too so I cut down from four days a week to three days a week. And then I was doing, I was doing eight exercises a day, um, eight different exercises. And in doing that, I was having to repeat a lot of, I was having to like overlap a lot of different muscle groups. And so that was also making me feel bad. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I hurt all the time. I felt lousy. Uh, and so recently I switched to, I'll do four exercises and then those same four exercises again. Okay. That's my Tabata. That makes sense. Just tweaking it, man. It's fun. It's dude, you know what it's been it's been really good for me because it's something that I can focus on. That I can use my excess <laughs> thought energy. Just because like, <laughs> I'm gonna be concentrating on something. And it gives me something to do that with that is productive and that I can um that you know it's productive and it's predictable in that if you put in these inputs right if you do x y and z if you monitor your, if you you know, get the right amount of uh each macro protein carbs and fat um and do these exercises you'll lose weight or you'll build some muscle or this part of your body will get bigger like it's it is a gratifying thing 
to have control <laughs> that's what it really is it's just it's just wanting something to have complete control over and you can just you can just make a choice and then it occurs and it happens because you just follow the rules you do it um and that has been a healthy outlet <laughs> i'm glad i'm glad especially it, working in comics where it seems like nothing is in your control you're just flying by the seat of your pants making shit up as you go along and uh we're here today to promote your beef bros too beef so bros behind bars right yeah, this man. is the second edition of beef yes, bros the, the first one was a runaway smash hit just, I mean, instant he, classic. I would say, say that. I mean, my yes, son loved I've, it. I've heard, I've heard that. Yes. yes. <laughs> my son loved it. He's nine. He re- he loved the pancake part. He thought it was hilarious that it's they were fun. eating all those pancakes. I love hearing that kids love it because we didn't set out to make a kids comic, really. Um, but there's nothing objectionable in it. No, and not so, at all. <laughs> so why not? And the fact that kids dig it tickles me. I love it. Um, yeah. Like visually, because- he found it very stimulating. Like he was into it. Well, Tyrell and Rossiel are monsters. Tyrell is my co-creator. He is the pencil and inker. Rossiel is um, our colorist who also works on No One Left to Fight, which I have coming out from no- Dark Horse right now. Um, oh, that's a good segment. Uh, thanks, man. Like, oh, I've got a lot of plates spinning. Uh, a lot of maces swinging, a lot of pa- plates spinning, baby. Uh, <laughs> what am I talking about? Uh, oh, You're telling us how the beef was made. I'll tell you how good beef bros behind bars looks, man. Um, Tyrell is killing it it's twice as long and so we were able to stretch out which means spreads which we didn't do in the first one um just because we had a lot of we wanted to pack in we didn't and we wanted, didn't want to spend space on that but with 64 pages we can stretch out and there's still it's still packed with story um but you know the pacing is entirely different also because we don't have to set anything up this time yeah, yeah, yeah. everybody knows who these guys are so we can get right into it and when we do they go to prison <laughs> And it's the beef bros stuck in a prison that is branded by one of the biggest media companies in the world. That's right. The Pablum company after they bought up all the, the, the publishers and the movie studios and the video games, the comic books, after they bought all that stuff up, uh, they decided it was more prof. It was, it would be profitable to move into uh, private prisons. And so they did that. And that's where the boys are stuck in a Pablum Company branded prison. And it's Huey and Ajax taking on the prison industrial complex and the carceral state in that classic Beef Bros style. And it's big and visceral and vascular. Uh, it is very like, vascular. It is. There's a lot of veins. Yeah. There's so many veins in this comic book. <laughs> uh, and uh, it's huge and bombastic. And, you know, it's got the vibe of those like, um, those 90s comics you love, but it's also gonzo and moves fast. So it's got that um, that sh- that 80s shonen and seinen manga vibe. I butcher the pronunciation. That's just something you have to get used to. Used to like, <laughs> I cannot pr- pronounce anything. And uh, me too. Yeah. I, I can't either. Like I'm awful at it. It's because it's because we learn by reading, man. Yeah. And and and, and you can't. Who are you to judge us, Kevin? Yeah. I tried to do it you. I wasn't judging you yet. I, I just correct him all the time. I don't know what sounds <laughs> vowels make. Like I just never figured that out. Like oh, I, man. I learned to thing. read memorization. Here's the thing about language: <laughs> if people understand what you're saying, fuck them. Like I'm <laughs> no, you're, you're there. <laughs> yeah. You're there. That's yeah. it. That's yeah. it. Uh, so, what am I saying right now? Um, oh yeah, and Raphael, dude, 
Um, Rossio um, also, you know, assists Fico Osseo with colors on No One Left to Fight. Um, he's our colors on um, Beef Bros, and he brings a lot of that kind of vibrancy that you see in No One Left to Fight. It's so um, much fun it, to look at. Like, it's just it's, so it's much very fun bright. to look yeah. at. It's, it's like it's plasticky, great. too. Like, it's like everything's shiny and, <laughs> and yeah. like bright. And um, ah, I, do, I, I love looking at it. Um, and it's, yeah, man, it's on Kickstarter right now. Very yeah. rad comics. I bought a URL this time. Nice. Very rad comics.com. Yeah. It's on Kickstarter, um, up until Thanksgiving morning. Um, so don't let me have a bad Thanksgiving. Is that oh, a good pitch? right there. Oh, is that, right. Oh. The is that affected? Am I pulling on the heartstrings? Don't ruin Aubrey's for, for just a few dollars a day. <laughs> you can make a comic creator's dream uh, come true. No, we're doing great. We're doing great. We're not there. We're not funded yet, but we're on track. Um, and here's the thing, man. Um, the first, as everybody agreed earlier, the first Beef Bros was an instant classic. Fucking phenomenal. The other thing, though, I don't. I only send it out to backers. I don't, I don't sell it on, like, I don't have like a big cartel. I don't sell it elsewhere. I'm not, I'm doing LA Comic Con in a few weeks. I'm bringing zero copies of Beef Bros because I only send it out to backers. Um, because, and ergo, if you want to read this thing, got back it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so and, and, you know, there were, I had so many for like daily for a while. I had people coming to me asking where they can buy extra copies of Beef Bros. And I say, you may not. You need, to, <laughs> you, you need to wait until the next Kickstarter. And, 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 and we've got them available now. We've got the original printing. We've got, a f we've got some copies of that. It's limited. And we have a new second printing, the brand new cover. That's cool. Um, for people to grab. So That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, and if this isn't your, I mean, you are doing so many books. You've got the Beef Bros Kickstarter, Stone Master just came out. And that doesn't even mention all the stuff you're doing with Dark Horse. Like Dark all the Horse- time I spend, All the time I spend tinkering with my exercise regimen. Yeah. yeah. Like, it, doesn't, it doesn't take that into account either. I'm a, I'm, I'm a big- it's Dark Horse. That's why you were giving me a hard time earlier about no, asking I, how long the podcast would be. I've got to, I'm working out tomorrow, man. I got to make a little I, notes. I mean, we'll we'll there's going we'll to be a backer reward. <laughs> Aubrey's makes workout. Yeah, Back you should do that, bro. Like for the, for I'm the in. it only hey, makes sense, right? Like, hey, dude, you want to look, you want to look like Hey Jackson Huey? I don't. Here's think, their regiment, bro. Nah. <laughs> I don't. I don't think anybody wants that. First of all, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, first and foremost, I don't think anybody wants that. I mean, someone will back it. Don't don't be surprised. Somebody, <laughs> I'm gonna tell you that. I worry about the it. liability of me giving any kind of. <laughs> Advice on physical activity. Just I don't do know. workout shirtless with Aubrey I'm in the a, park across the street. Uh, you're just you're you're inventing OnlyFans. Yeah, right <laughs> it was already invented. I'm just yeah, trying to like market it. It's I'm a, marketing it you for should you. Look into it. <laughs> he does. He does. I, I'm already there. <laughs> but I mean, between between your kickstarters, Dark Horse Comics is basically Hellboy. Jeff me or however you pronounce his name, and you like, Lemire. and you Lemire, like that's that's it. Like that's <laughs> they're they're... Doing a, that. How dare you? They are doing a ton of books, dude, uh, and they're all yours. That, like, like it's amazing. <laughs> Worst dudes, yeah. Like, I mean, come on, you, you want that book? I I wanted to see a, a giant pink lion penis. I got what I you got. It. We give you. We awesome. Tony Gregor. Tony. Gregor, so here's here's the thing. I mispronounce all the time. Tony's last name. <laughs> we do it too. I Gregory, yeah. I I didn't even know until recently that it's Gregory. And he's like, yeah, it's like the monks or the chants. I was like, yeah. oh yeah, I thought it was Gregory. He's like, no, why? Why would it be Gregory? 
<laughs> I don't know, man, because I'm dumb. I just don't know how to say anything. Uh, no, me, Tony and I um, were sh- shocked by what they let us get away with on that book. Um, and, and I don't know if that's not a sales pitch. I don't know. What it's a great is. read. It's, it's a, a great, great story. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, man. Uh, no, we had a hoot doing it. And um, we really set out to make um, the kind of comic that we, as like younger men um, and <laughs> older and older men with the taste of younger men, I guess, <laughs> uh, would have really appreciated. Uh, you know, it is mean spirited and raunchy and very funny and ag- aggressively strange. Yeah. Um, and, and but wonderful all at the same time. Thanks, man. And, you know, we, we tried to do omnidirectional satire um, with it, you know, and like, um, it's, it's a strange thing. <laughs> and I'm, and I'm delighted that we got it made. And when folks, folks dig it, they really dig it. Yeah. And that makes my day because yeah. they get it. Because <laughs> they, because they under, because folks really understand what Tony and I were getting after on it. Um, so yeah, man. Love it. Because you've got that. You've got Savage Hearts. That's Savage out Hearts. now too. The final. Savage Hearts, the final issue tomorrow. We're recording yeah. on Tuesday the 16th. On I'm, I'm going to put it out. This will be out tomorrow. So yeah. So Hell thing, yeah. yeah. Today. Yeah. T- time travel. Today. <laughs> Go get it right now. Yeah. What are you doing? Stop looking at videos of mace swings. Go get Savage Hearts. No. <laughs> what are you doing? You've got that. You've also got um, No One Left to Fight 2. No I fight mean, two? Dark yes, Horse is basically your playground at this point. Like that's got to be a really great feeling that you could just go to them with a wide variety of books and say, "Hey, man, I want to do this," and they believe in you as a creator enough to go, "All right, let's do it." Like that's got to feel great. It feels outrageous, man. You know, Dark Horse is a publisher that that name carries weight. That yeah. name, yes. you know, if you're yeah. a comics fan, Dark Horse comics means something, um, and to have their vote of support and that their acts of support, right? Um, this is what I've always wanted to do, right? Which is different genres of stuff. I'm a genre writer. Um, I, you know, not in the not in the sense that not in the sense that I write specific genres, but in the sense that I love genre. I love. I love the existence of genre and that there are so many different um, kind of idi- like unique idioms and tropes and structures and canonical things to build off of and riff on within these different pockets. Like the complexity of that, I, I find uh, beautiful. I love it. It's gorgeous. And that dark horse <laughs> has given me the opportunity to do that to to say oh yeah well (laughs) you know i want to do it's like dragon ball but it's also like this like intense emotional (laughs) 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 soap and they're like yeah all right do that and you know um a jungle fantasy sword and sorcery romantic comedy yeah (laughs) like savage (laughs) hearts or like a just aggressively nasty raunchy like complicated detective story (laughs) (laughs) like worse dudes um you know these are strange things and i you know i recognize that and i i 
I recognize that they're odd things to be doing and to be into, but I also think that they, that's what people like. People don't, people, <laughs> people, people like being surprised by weird flavors, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's, whether it's a sandwich or a comic book, that's what, people, <laughs> that's what people want, man. And the fact that Dark Horse gives, is given me an opportunity to do that stuff is outrageous. I have to pinch myself um, because this is what I wanted, man. Um, and it's great. Yeah, and it seems to be working out very well for you. So congratulations. Thanks, brother. I because because you have your dark horse world that you're kind of tinkering with all those books there, but then you still have the creative freedom to go to Kickstarter because you're building uh, your audience in both in both realms. So and you could go to Kickstarter and do whatever the fuck you want over there too. So it's like hey, you're kind of in the catbird seat right now. I love that expression. And I love you for saying <laughs> both the expression itself and the meaning behind it. Yeah. Uh, no, it's yeah. I I love Kickstarter because you know um, I just got finished talking about how Dark Horse lets me do whatever I want, um, and that's why they're great. Um, and they do. Um, but the fact of the matter is, not every you know these are as you pointed out, these are different markets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the things that people read in the direct market are not what people on Kickstarter and Esther are looking for and vice versa. Um, there is plenty of crossover, right? And okay. we see it all the time. Um, but it's not, a, it's not, it's, they're not overlapping circles, right? It's a right. diagram. So, you know, something like Stone Master, which Chris Moreno and I did. Chris was my co-creator on the comic book story of professional wrestling. We also did Stone Master, which is another wacky genre thing. It's a Kung, it's a stoner Kung Fu comment <laughs> um that's also like kind of like a like a community empowerment story um we on st- like that that's a book that we were desperate to do um it's our love letter to los angeles too um and it would never fly in the direct market because it's all about a guy smoking weed and doing kung fu <laughs> and the, and most you know uh m- most comic shops are in places that probably wouldn't take too kindly to a store full of comics, which are typically te- seen as something for kids, selling a thing with big old weed leaves on it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like it, it's it's not the right thing for that audience necessarily. It's a tough sell. And I think Beef Bros behind bars and Beef Bros, the original one, are, would have been tough sells in the direct market um, as well. Um, and that I know that like sounds odd at first. It's like, well, they're superheroes and superheroes do gangbusters. In the direct market and that's true and i think there would have been too much competition if people want if people are going to if people are going to a comic book shop looking for superheroes these days they're looking for marvel and dc and yeah. you know preferably something they've seen in a movie or television show <laughs> before yeah, yeah, yeah. right mm-hmm. like and that's what they're looking for and that's fine that's cool it's a neat way to bring people into this beautiful wonderful unique medium right um, but it makes it real hard for a just some other brand new superhero to, to pop off. Um, and that's always been the case, and there have always been exceptions. Um, but I think now more than ever, with kind of like the media saturation of these Marvel and DC superheroes, right? Um, I, I think that's even more the case. I think it's even more difficult. So the fact that we can go to Kickstarter and do these things, like uh, Beef Bros and Stone Master and Beef Bros Behind Bars. Now, now on Kickstarter at VeryRadComics.com. Boom! The fact Boom. that we can do that um, and go to Kickstarter and do these 
different books that wouldn't fly in the direct market. Like, you're right, man. It is, it's wonderful. It's great. It is, it is a blessed circumstance to be in. And I almost feel the idea of beef bros being at a company feels weird, like based on the subject matter of the book and the way you approach superheroes. And like you even said, they're in prison that's owned by a giant conglomerate corporation. Like it almost seems like, no, this doesn't belong to them. This is for the people, if that makes sense. Well, you know, Tyrell and I talked early on, it would have felt strange to pitch uh, Beef Bros to a publisher that would take ownership, any kind of ownership. Yeah, because mm-hmm. um, it's like your characters seemed, wouldn't allow that. <laughs> it seemed antithetical. It seemed yeah. antithetical to Beef Bros and how it works. And, you know, um, it is deals vary company to company, um, but a not insignificant number of comic book publishers do take ownership of these things. Yeah. And we didn't feel like that. That didn't feel right to us. Um, also, you know, um, we, Tyrell, here's the other thing, man. Uh, I would have never gone to Kickstarter at all because we, we did toy around with taking it to other publishers and stuff and like publishers where we could maintain ownership. Um, I would have never gone to Kickstarter at all if not for Tyrell. Um, I talked to you guys, I don't like years before, I think, uh, about Kickstarter because you guys had been killing it with Metal, Metal Shark Bro and um, Tony put us in touch. Um, yeah, that's I, right. I, I remember I, that. I I bugged y'all with questions, um, and y'all were incredibly generous. Um, and what I learned was, man, that frightens me. <laughs> <laughs> I find all of that terrifying, and just you know, there were just so many variables, and I was scared off of it. And because the other thing too is, I think I get I kept this is still the case it's another reason i really value tyrell um there's a bunch of them right i mentioned his vascular artwork earlier um but tyrell run a bunch of kickstarters prior to beef bros and he knows how this stuff works and he knows how to um make a plan and kind of budget out things and like he's brilliant at he builds these um these spreadsheets that bring a tear to my eye they're so <laughs> they're so detailed and complex and useful just useful data and he <laughs> um I always want to make the merch, baby. I wanted to make <laughs> grinders for Stone Master, weed grinders, right? Um, <laughs> I, I want to make, I just, I have nothing but, when I'm not thinking about Tabatas and macros, I'm thinking about merch ideas. <laughs> and, and I, want to, I want to offer all these things. I want to have a million tiers and all these different things. And whenever I started to like price out um, Kickstarters, I would like, I would just get, fall on the rabbit hole of like, you know what? We could do condoms. How much is it to get con- custom condoms? How much is that? And like, it just, it, my, my kickstarters would just spiral out and the budgets would just spiral out of control. And I like, at a certain point I would realize, I was like, oh no, I'm, I'm funding like, uh, like, a, like yeah. yeah, like a Virginia beach souvenir shop. That's where That's, I'm from. I guess. Oh no, really? That speaks yeah. to I'm, from, I'm from Richmond. Did we get it? I live in Williamsburg. There's a whole bunch what? of Virginians. <laughs> when were you in? When were you, when were you in Richmond? I I was born in Richmond. That's and awesome. Lived, and I lived there like often. We moved around a little bit, um, but until I was until like 2001, and I moved to New York. Dude, I lived in. I would. I graduated from VCU in 2000. 
yeah, we yeah. overlap, man. Maybe I saw you at World Cup having a cup of coffee. Maybe or, or I used the to village work. or the village. I used to hang out at the village. I would. Uh, I loved Third Street Diner back in yeah, my man. day. Fourth yes. Street Cafe too. Yeah, Why yeah. Not? I was Do a Third Street Diner guy. I, I worked. I worked at Baker's Crust on Cary <laughs> Avenue. That's. <laughs> I once went on a date with a girl at Baker's Crust. Word and and it was a. Um, I, I say, you know, here's the thing. You're not supposed to say girl, but we were children. Uh, we, were, we were underage. <laughs> we were, so it's fine. Uh, and yeah, it, it was terrible. I shouldn't tell that story. It was bad. It was, I was just, the food bad or were you just bad? I was just an idiot. I was just you, a shitty. Were you a Twisters kid? Did you go to Twisters all the time? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was a shitty Twisters kid. I was, I was, a, shitty, I was I a shitty too. gap hardcore Twisting to a veil, like listening to a veil oh, yeah, all the time. Did you, yeah. did, you like, did you listen to Scarlet ever? Yeah, no, 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 no. I never listened to them. Do you know what it is? It's like it's like early metalcore. Really? Like hard, I was I was gonna say hardcore. It's kind of like hardcore music. Was what I was the best way I can explain it to Bob. Did you say artcore? Hardcore, hardcore. hardcore. Yeah, but yeah. it's kind of proggy too. Yes, it is. It's, it's like it's Rush, what, and it's like yeah, Rush decided yeah. to do heavy, uh, like heavier heavy metal. Yeah. For a while, they would they would perform on full moons at Twisters, <laughs> and it was my favorite. It was my favorite thing in the world That's to go awesome. see a full moon Scarlet show. Dude, I saw I was in Chesapeake Bagel Company one time with my mom. <laughs> here's the thing about Chesapeake Bagel Company. If you went after four, you could get a bagel knot, which is just like this big pile of dough covered with cream cheese frosting, like half off. That's um, awesome. Yeah, man. And we were in there getting some bagel knots. And I saw the lead singer of Scarlet, this like really evil metalcore band, eating a bagel knot by himself. And suddenly he was less evil to you. I went over. No, I was stoked. I went over. I went over. I was like, hey, man, I love Scarlet. Um, that, you know, Breaking the Dead Stare rips. And like, I can't, I can't, what's, when's the next album? Like, what, what are y'all doing? He says, oh, I'm in a new band now. It's kind of like a third eye blind thing. Oh. And I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like really polite about it. Cause it, it, I don't, I just threw, I, it was the last, I still don't know how I feel about it, but that's my stuff. We, we should stop doing Richmond, Virginia in the late nineties podcast. No, Richmond's <laughs> Nobody wonderful. wants this. I no remember one wants when this. I first moved to Richmond, I was walking down Gray Street to 7-Eleven and I just happened to see Guar in full uniform, Ooh. like in yeah. full regalia, just so coming down I the street. In, when I grew up in Richmond, they were not allowed to perform as Guar. Really? Uh, yeah, the city banned them. Wow, <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, man, because it was in the midst of like the Maryland, Maryland Manson. Yeah, 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 Maryland yeah. Manson got um, blocked from playing the Richmond Coliseum okay. too. And it was in the midst of all of that. And so like, I never got to see Guar in costume until like after I'd left Richmond and okay. back because they'd been banned from playing and they could only play as the Dave Brocky experience. Yes. They would, and then they wouldn't yes. wear their costumes. And I don't know. There's a... Not, they it's have the really same. why you go see they have <laughs> a the bar same now. Sick, of, sick of you when they're when they're all like yeah just dude, they started dudes. doing um they started doing um new year's eve shows at the canal club i think yeah, um, yeah, and, they yeah. did, and i went back two years in a row and saw that's awesome dude new year's eve. they have a bar down in carrie street there's a guar yes. bar like there it's, is. 
yeah. It's just is it all... Carrie Street? I thought it was over in like Jackson Ward or somewhere. I want to think it's on. I think it's on Carrie Street. I'm not I really sure. I know that they have a bar. That's Rich... the truth. Yeah, that's yes. the important part. Yeah, they have yes. a bar, and it's we got all it's... talking about Richmond, Virginia. Richmond, Virginia is. It's so weird because I was talking to my daughter yesterday. She was like, "Did you want to?" Because now I live in Cincinnati, and she was like, "Did you want to live in Cincinnati?" I said, "Nobody wants to fucking live in Cincinnati." I said, "We just ended up here." She's like, "Well, where did you want to go?" And I said, "If I had my druthers, I'd still be in Richmond because I love that town." Uh, it was come a, on. Richmond was a great town. I'm from there. Dude. It's different. I'm from I there. loved it's it. It's a little different. Well, I guess it, I, I guess if you grew up in Virginia Beach, was like this vacuum of any kind of culture or kind of society, <laughs> yes. or or, or, or oh, regionality. Tell you something else. Tell you something about me. I liked going to Virginia Beach. That's because you're from Richmond. <laughs> I thought that shit See? was a hoot. <laughs> it's like Freaky Friday, I had a dude. Blast, bro. <laughs> That's awesome. Each week, what are you talking about? Virginia that shit sucks. Virginia Beach sucks. <laughs> it's the worst. <laughs> I see. I used to live in Newport News, so uh, Williamsburg's a step up. So, like, I Williamsburg's yeah. nice. Yeah, I like. Here's it. the thing, man. Know where you grow up as a teenager is any good because you're yeah. a teenager and it everything yeah. <laughs> sucks. The, yeah. the weed, the, the weed sucks. All your friends are dicks. Like you can't buy beer anywhere. Like it's just, all, it's just terrible. <laughs> Ah oh, man, what a wonderful, what a wonderful, interesting coincidence! I can't believe we didn't. I can't believe we never talked. We should talk about Richmond some uh, offline. Yeah, well, let's do <laughs> that. Let's really take this one offline. But yeah, yeah dude, yeah. um, well, I want to get you out of here because I know you've got dinner plans. You got to count your we macros. Can chat more, carbs. man. I can keep going. I can keep. I just don't want to talk about Richmond anymore. Okay, <laughs> I feel like that's it's just too niche. Uh, I mean, I feel like we're. I feel like people are tuning. Well, people are tuning out as soon as we talk about Richmond. Nah, Ooh, fuck Richmond, Virginia. We 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 said keywords. We said like war and stuff like that. People okay. were kind of like. That's they're kind, of, they're kind of yeah, they're kind of staying for that. Yeah, and, and Virginia Commonwealth University. and Gore is also very vascular to bring it back to what they we're are. talking yes, about. Gore is very vascular. I bet <laughs> I bet Gore would be into beef bros. I totally bet. I they'd think be into I beef think Gore they would. I think they would be beef into war students as well. Yeah. I think they would be. They would totally well. be into worse dudes. Like they this. would. That, yeah. Worse dudes is much more of a Guar energy yeah. book than yeah. Beef Bros yeah. is for yeah. sure. Yeah. <laughs> but man, so, so all right. So I hate. I know. I hate to ask it because it's the one comic question that everybody hates. But like, what? What's next, man? Oh, um, man. Um, you know, no one left. To, so Savage Hearts is wrapping up this week. No one left to fight. Um, two came out last week, so I got three more issues of that. That's cool. Um, and you know, no one left to fight is a, it, it, it takes that Dragon Ball serialized forever, never. And Dragon Ball is still going on, which I love. It's not a complaint. <laughs> I love Dragon Ball super. I think the Broly movie was the best Dragon Ball anything ever. <laughs> I think it's it just, it just perfect. Um, but yeah, man, we will keep doing no one left to fight as long as there are people wanting no one. left. That's to fight. awesome. And yeah. Like, I mean, and that, you know, beef bros, we'll see, man. Um, we'll have to see how this campaign goes. Cause we got to be able to fund these things. Yeah. Um, that's, that's first and foremost. So I try not to think too far ahead of that. Um, but stone master, we got um, additional stuff on stone master waiting in the wings. We need to figure out scheduling on that um, because, you know, the one drawback to Kickstarter is, it's a lot of work. There's <laughs> just, just work. a lot of stuff you need to do in terms of fulfillment and everything. Yeah. Um, so I unfortunately can't look too far in advance, man, because I, you know, it's, we gotta be, we gotta be wily. We gotta be on our toes <laughs> and reacted because, because that's the thing, you know, um, it's what people react to and what we have an opportunity to get out there. It's true. That's awesome. Now you guys do single issues. Are you going to start doing like graphics, like full graphic novels or is like, is this oh, version of, yeah, 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 yeah. 
Well, dude, that's a great question. I'd love to, you know, like, I, and as I think most people writing comics would like to have, you know, like to have the freedom that comes with writing a single large chunk, writing yeah. or creating a <laughs> single large chunk. Um, even if you were to divide it up into pieces, like not having to tie yourself to a very specific short format um, is an amazing bit of freedom. It's, it's another one of the things I really loved about going to Kickstarter. Our Kickstarter books are 32 pages as opposed to 20 pages, which for a normal direct market comic book. Mm -hmm. And that is, um, I, I think it's exactly 60% more. <laughs> I, I forgot to do that. <laughs> but I think I, it's around there. I don't know. Don't hold me to that. I think it's around 60% more. Um, and, you know, it gives you all these other possibilities. And that's why we doubled it for Beast yeah. Behind Bars because we wanted to do more. Um, the trick, though, is it costs more money. It takes longer to draw. Um, so, you know, it pushes out our planning a little bit more. Um, and also, you know, it's what we can actually fund on Kickstarter, you know, yeah. because as you guys know, it's a lot of factors that go into this stuff and they're changing all the time <laughs> in terms of shipping costs and yeah. supply costs. Yes. Um, and that stuff cascades down and changes everything. Fortunately, Tyrell has these great spreadsheets. <laughs> you, mentioned mentioned you mentioned those earlier. Yeah. He yes. does a really good job of it. Um, and so we monitor this stuff, but yeah, we would love, I would love to do bigger, longer beef bros adventures for sure. Um, it's just a matter of whether we can work the numbers to make it happen. Yeah. That's the same thing it is with us when people ask us like, Oh, I love more. I'd love to see more of this. It's like, dude, it's Kickstarter, man. Like the audience tells us where we're, where we're going here. So if you like it, yeah. back it. If you like this book, if you're into beef bros, if you read the first one, support the second one, because that's how we make more. That's how we exactly. get more of these things, you know, hundred percent. It's yeah. a cause and effect, my man. It's good. You know, it's, it's, it is nerve wracking to be sure. Oh right? dude, it's um, the fucking worst, but it's also <laughs> the best to have that level of control. It does. Yes. Um, to, to, be able to go directly to the people who are buying and reading these things and hear from them and uh, become friends with them uh, <laughs> because people yeah. are so nice and supportive yeah. and keep coming back. Um, like the amount of repeat backers on stuff is outrageous, mm -hmm. um, even across titles. Um, it is great. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's, it's wonderful. Like I, it's easy to, it's especially in the midst of a campaign, it's easy to get overwhelmed. It's been really nice chit chat with you guys um, because it's easy to get overwhelmed and stressed out about this stuff. But the fact that there are over 500 people already signed up for beef bros behind bars, they're just committed to making this thing happen. They yeah. want to see us do this. They have faith that we will not only do it, but we'll do it well and we'll do it on time, which we always have. There's no reason yeah, for them yeah, not to have that faith. Yeah, yeah. But still, the fact <laughs> the fact that they're willing <laughs> to give us their money ahead of time to do this thing is inspiring. Um, so are you the Kickstarter guy that checks the page all the time or is that Tyrell? Which guy checks the page all the I time? I definitely check it more than Tyrell. Um, <laughs> Tyrell's done this way more times than me. So he is much more calm about it than I am. Um I can't I imagine it. that. That's unbelievable to me that you're not calm about something. I don't believe that at all. Like, it seems so out of character for you. You got to focus, man. You got to, I told you, this is this excess think power. You got to put, <laughs> put it on something. Uh, yeah, no, I check it all the time and I look at the analytics and the data, the, the dashboard and stuff constantly um, because it is such a privilege to have this platform 
honestly. Like, yeah. I feel I feel lucky. I feel fortunate that I was yeah. able to um, swoop in um, and kind of start to build up an audience there that I can go to directly like this. Um, I want to utilize it. I want to make I want to I want to use it for all it's worth. And I really want to take advantage of it and avail myself of it. No, we're not going back to Richmond. I want to avail myself <laughs> of this amazing opportunity. Um, and so, yeah, man, I obsessively compulsively look at. So you want to swing it like a 15 pound medieval weapon. <laughs> yes, dude. Uh, I'll have you know, I actually, so I didn't get to this part. Uh, I upgrade after the beef, the first beef bros campaign, I upgraded. I, I got a 25 pound. Holy shit. Yeah, it is. And so here's the thing. 25 pounds is not that heavy, but it's all at the end. Yeah. And it's like this, yeah. long, this long thing. It was, it was a steep learning curve to get used to. <laughs> I, I, my promise to you is that after the Beef Bros Behind Bars campaign, I will not go up to 35. Okay. All right. Well, all right. I, I categorically refuse. That's good. Not. Good. Cause I was curious, like for every Beef Bros campaign, no, are you going to continue to pump a, up your I'm, fucking I'm mace? I'm not a swinging. big guy. I'm not a large man. This is uh, 25 pounds is enough. That's as much as I can handle. I mean, I'm, but at least you know what you can handle. So that's good. I think, though. I think that's a, it's important to know your limits. You know, mankind has to know his limitations. Exactly. And yours is 25 Dave pounds. Per- <laughs> I like that you're quoting Megadeth. That's amazing. Yeah. We all should. We all should more often, honestly. <laughs> I got to tell you, man. This has been so much fun. Like you are just such a good dude. I love your energy. I love the books. I love how you just, you're like a, I love the support and, and, and kind of vibe you put out there just for comics in general. You've always been so kind to Kevin and I during our campaigns and it's always meant a lot to us. So I appreciate you and the things that you do for comics as a whole. You're a a solid citizen, bro. Thank you. I don't like that. I don't like the pun. I'll tell you that much. Uh, <laughs> the um, no, I appreciate that, man. It's it is. Uh, we, we were talking before we went live. I'm not gonna. Spo- I'm not gonna say anything or anything. Uh, but just man, social media is rough. It is. It is. Just a, it is a tough place to exist, especially when you need to be out there promoting stuff. And it's easy to get discouraged and to fall down these. Um, not rabbit hole sounds too much fun. Maelstroms <laughs> to get sucked into the, the maelstrom, the firestorm that is, yeah, man, there. of like, uh, of just like <laughs> angst and anger and outrage. And like, it's, it's, it is a rough space to inhabit. And I have found that the only way that I can navigate through it is just is Sigma boosts and stuff I like. And, um, trying to get people the benefit of the doubt <laughs> and like try like try not to assume like read everything in the worst faith possible yeah, all <laughs> right like yeah. and you know and there are a bunch of folks uh like yourselves who are um out there doing the thing and focusing on the work and that's that's part of it too man and i keep coming back this is, <laughs> there's one thing to take away it's <laughs> for you <laughs> hey 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 Stop, stop buying Savage Hearts. Listen to me. Listen. Listen right now. Uh, the, the one thing I keep coming back to you is just having stuff to focus that brain power on, yeah. right? We got these big, beautiful brains in our skulls, and they're going to be grinding away at something, <laughs> no matter what, right? <laughs> and so you got to give them good things to think about, man, and good stuff to have good, productive stuff to focus on and do. And um, 
that's my that's my story. <laughs> there it. it is. There it, it is, guys. I mean, that, that's you, what we I do. Mean, we, we're either talking you, about wrestling or comics. It, so you're, like that's what you're, we're doing. You're keeping it positive. Like it's it's very nice to have more positivity in the space in the world. Well, thanks, I'm a firm believer in like what you put out is what you get. So I try to make a conscious effort every day to be as positive as I can be to try to it's see. Tough, isn't it? It can be really <laughs> fucking difficult. Really difficult. But I but I noticed too that it helps my mental health as well to just That's kind of thing. always look on the bright side of things you know it's the thing man i um i have um it's from plato and it's on my bulletin board and it says that the useful is the noble and the hurtful the base um and that helps me a lot because man it is tough <laughs> it's tough to stay <laughs> posy yeah. and like and to not just fucking cry i love the fact hang on i love the fact that you just quoted plato and then well, I you looked said, at it i looked no, at no, it. I no, 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 it no but the fun part is then you said the posy like i love the juxtaposition <laughs> of the, that, i'm gonna i'm working on my quoted, i'm working on my my translation of the republic and it's gonna be you know it'd be like yo keep it posy I, I also love aubrey because he quoted dave mustaine and plato in the both of them Oh, oh. the great philosophers of our time. <laughs> no, man. here's the thing i i have it up there um i read it last year and i i, I have it up there and um it is tough to do what we're talking about and like not get dragged down in that stuff um because it's really easy and it's really seductive and delicious and it's delectable in the moment but um it's not useful <laughs> it's not it's not it's, it's not, not useful to anybody <laughs> It's yeah. certainly not useful to the people you're grinding at. It's not even useful to you because you're wasting your time. You're wasting your this precious resource. Um, it's hurtful. It's base. It's beneath you. You don't need to be doing this. You yeah. need to be focusing on, you know, your macros. <laughs> your fucking regiment, your fitness regiment. Yeah. Various, various <laughs> regimens and spreadsheets you have to organize yourself. That's what you need to be fun. I sound like a I sound like a <laughs> I'm I don't gonna, know. I don't yeah. know what it's <laughs> You sound like a fucking lunatic, and I love it. Like you're just all <laughs> over the place. You need Makes to be sense. eating satanic bagels and staying in the Bandaran instead of being in the one that's like third eye blind. That's it's, what that's wild. It's wild, he said, it's wild he said that to me, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Looking back on it, I think so. Just I, this, I think, is something people not from Richmond can understand. Um, it was a evil, say, like. Like, all about just violence and murder like metalcore band with like screaming but like with like weird like mathy guitar signatures and stuff. like breakdown and stuff too yeah. it was wicked it was wicked and they looked like late 90s like big emo wave like art school guys because i think they were they were like VCU art school guys i, I mean think. it's vcu yeah i guarantee yeah. and like it was it was the best. <laughs> I loved it, and that he they were gonna that he was gonna pivot to like a pop rock thing. I don't. At the time, I thought he was messing with me. I felt bad. I was like, "Oh, cool, man!" And then left and went to go get in the car with my mom. <laughs> and like, and so I felt like that guy was screwing with me. But now I don't know. I think that guy may have been being real honest about what he thought was gonna be profitable for him. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's which is there, sad in its own way, I guess. There's only so much money in Satan, you know what I mean? Like you gotta branch out, you know. You gotta, 
you gotta expand your horizons. That's what I Unless he's a doctor, and then yeah. you, you can go work for him. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know, that's true. Doctor Satan, you gotta go work. For I love guy. it. I love it. I love it. I love it. But yeah, man. Again, it's been such a pleasure having you on. We really appreciate what you've done for us and what you're doing for comics in general. And you've got these great, you got these great books out there that are in stores. You could pick Without those outrageously up. talented. Yeah. Dudes. Art, yeah, art people just yes. variously talented folks I'm working yeah. with. Yeah. It's amazing. Yes. Like you are living like the independent comic dream. Like you're doing everything that you want to do with the people that you want to do it with, and it's and it's really great to see because you couldn't be a nicer fella. Well, thanks, friend. I appreciate it. No Thank problem you for having dude. me on your podcast. Of I'm course, man. Made it Anytime. Yeah, me too. I'm glad it happened. I'm glad we uh, were able to too. work this out. And maybe next time we'll go into the, when we start our Richmond, Virginia, the history of Richmond, Virginia podcast. <laughs> That's going to be a spinoff. Circa like 1998 to 2000. It's that, very, it's very specific. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We'll, I mean, we'll, we'll have to drink Pat's Blue Ribbon then, Aubrey, because that's the official beer. So we'll oh, is that the that. one? Man, yeah. we should get yeah. legends. Yeah. Yeah. want to drop some, <laughs> some local legends. Richmond Brewery. Yeah, buddy. We get some Hardywood cream ale. Yeah, we'll do that. I mean, Hardywood makes a great Christmas ale, so I'm not, I'm not really we'll good. Go to, we'll go to Panda Garden. We'll put on <laughs> our fucking Sockanese, and we'll be ready to awful. rock and roll. we have to cut all of this. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to leave it all in just, just for the just for that. Just You know what? I'll leave it in for me because I missed it. <laughs> and the garden was great. All right, everybody. <laughs> that was Aubrey Sitterson. Richmond, Richmond, Virginia's favorite son. <laughs> when they tore down the Confederate statues, they're going to put a statue of the Beef Bros on Monument Avenue, and, and Aubrey standing between them with yes. with a mace. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> I will go there every weekend yes. to the shrine of, of Citizen and do push-ups and fucking jump rope and stuff. Calisthenics yeah. right there. <laughs> Yeah, man. Uh, Aubrey's a good dude. Uh, his book, Beef Bros, Behind Bars, is on Kickstarter now. Get involved with that. Good guy making good comics. We really appreciate him coming on. And uh, yeah, man, that's that. And uh, we will be back next week. Uh, are we trying to get Balthazar and Franco on? I think we are. All right. But uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see what ha- If not, it might just Those, be Kevin. They're, they're famous cartoonists, so they have busy busy schedules. I mean, they're famous. If they're not, famous. it might just be Kevin and I talking about winning a fucking Ringo Award. We we uh, which we have yet to do. Yeah. So, uh, you guys, thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week, and uh, yeah. You're listening to the Word Bros podcast, thewordbros.com. <laughs>